Everybody says after a big win like that win over Kentucky, you've got to flush it. You've got to pour it out. You've got to ignore it. You've got to move on to the next week so you don't get trapped. So that's what we're going to do. This is the keys to defeating the Vanderbilt Commodores right here on the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for joining us. Remember, today's episode of the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast is sponsored by Simply Safe Home Security with Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe. 24 7 monitoring agents capture evidence to accurately verify a threat for faster police response. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. Also, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor. Hit subscribe on the YouTube channel. Also hit the bell for notifications when we release a new video, which happens fairly frequently. And of course, participate in the conversation by commenting and upvoting the video itself. We'd appreciate it very much. Anyway, Ole Miss and Vanderbilt is going to be a 3 o'clock central kickoff. Ole Miss is an 18.5 point favorite. Not much movement in the line so far. Vanderbilt, the over-under is at 59 points. Not much movement there. That could just be people aren't necessarily paying attention to that. And also, Ole Miss has a reputation of being basically an over-king. That's what they've been for the last two years. If you pick a score, Ole Miss is going to hit the over. Well, now they've been basically under all season. And I told you before we played Kentucky, the freest money in the world was betting the under, even though they tried to bump it down to like 56 points or whatever the over-under was. ended up being like, 43 as the hit. So I think this would be a fairly low scoring game again. I think the under is again in jeopardy on this one because I don't think Vanderbilt is going to score very much. And I don't think Ole Miss is going to get to 60. So this could be a 38 to 10 type game. Um, So we'll talk about that. One of the keys to the game, we're going to get right into it. The keys to the game for defeating Vanderbilt. The first key is they need to play clean. They've got to get this quarterback center exchange situation figured out. And honestly, they've got three weeks to do it. It gets real in three weeks. I know at the beginning of the season, we all pointed to Kentucky and said, it gets real then. We all did that. And and we all, all we are programmed to look at the next big test. But the reality of the situation is that while Vanderbilt and Auburn are talented enough to beat you, do not chalk these up as easy wins. You have to show up for them and you have to play relatively well. But they're not going to provide the competition that, say, a game in Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge would, a game in College Station against Texas A&M would, um, a game at home against Alabama would. Those are a little bit of a murderer's row. Then you add Arkansas and you add a Mississippi State team that is a year three of Mike Leach. Absolutely phenomenal what year three of Mike Leach means. This is a good team. Mississippi State is good in the Egg Bowl this year. has a chance to be very legit. But... The snap situation needs to get taken care of, period. Got to get them right. And not just the accuracy of the snap, okay? People look at the snap and they see Jackson Dart reaching around and all that. But 
one thing that I look at is there's no consistency in the speed of the snap. From Caleb Warren to Eli Acker, there's a miles per hour difference in the ball going back to the point where the jet sweep is not even an option. The timing is so thrown off. The eyes have to go off. It's slow coming back. It's low. You're not going to throw it in the middle of the field as much because you're going to have to take your eyes off of it. You want it to where you can kind of look through the ball and see the linebackers and see where they're going when they're dropping back in zone. Now, if they're playing man, it's a little bit of a different story. But if they're playing zone, this is where this could get really dangerous. And until we get this fixed, teams are going to do it. Expect a ton of zone against Vanderbilt. Expect a ton of zone against Auburn. Expect a ton of zone against LSU. It's going to happen until Ole Miss shows that it can beat it. Now, one way we beat these heavy zones is by running the football. That's, that's one way. But throw in the football. They're going to try and force feed Jackson Dart over the next few weeks to get him ready because towards the end of this season, it has a chance to be fairly special for this team. This is a special team. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win every game. I'm not going to say they're going to win another game. But up to this point, this season has been special. Now, I think Ole Miss will beat Vanderbilt. I think Ole Miss will beat Auburn. And I think Ole Miss will beat LSU. That gets us to um, College Station. There could be problems in College Station because without Anaya Smith playing wide receiver, Devin A. Chain is basically their offense at the moment. Now, you have a little bit better quarterback as far as standing in and, and dealing with it than Haynes King was with Max Johnson. But this is a game that Ole Miss should probably still win. And that sets up the Alabama game, where Ole Miss potentially could be 9-0 at home versus Alabama. And if you thought Kentucky was a zoo, if you thought Kentucky was crazy, if Ole Miss is 9-0 with Alabama coming to town, that's a game to where if you beat Alabama in that situation, you have a tiebreaker advantage to, to slip up against Arkansas or Mississippi State. So if you win that game, you can lose one of your next two and go to Atlanta. I know I'm getting way ahead of myself. I understand that. But it's one of those situations where, you know, 5-0 and doesn't happen very often. The last time was 2014. The time before that, I think, was in the 60s. So this is a big deal. We need to enjoy this. I tell you this all the time. When Ole Miss baseball was ranked number one in the nation before they played Tennessee, I was like, enjoy this. When the year before they got up to number one, I was like, enjoy this because it doesn't come around very often. So I'm going to say the same thing in football. Enjoy this. Ole Miss is number nine in the country right now. They've got Vanderbilt and Auburn and LSU in games they should win. By the time all of this gets done in those three weeks, there's a chance Ole Miss is fourth or fifth in the country if they take care of business. Now, if Ole Miss loses a game, if Ole Miss loses to anybody this year, it won't be because of talent. It won't be because of coaching. It won't be because of schemes and all this stuff that we've yelled about for years. That will not be the reason. It will simply be a letdown game. It will look like Tulsa. Now, they were so talented, they were able to defeat Tulsa. 
they won't be able to necessarily get away with that against Alabama, against Arkansas, against Mississippi State. And, I mean, this is a big year. Specialness is starting to break open. You sh- you're starting to be able to see it. And we are living in essentially a glory days period of Ole Miss football. All these stories that you heard when you were a kid, a lot of it happened in the late 50s up until 63. There was about a five to six year period to where it was really, truly elite. And we are right on the cusp of reliving that in 2022. We are right there. Right there. And it's because of this transfer portal and this experiment that up until now, Lane Kiffin gets an A-plus on. Everybody wondered if Lane Kiffin could go get all these stars from all these teams and form a cohesive unit for a college football team and compete. Yeah, that goes without saying now. There's no doubt about that now. And the only fatal flaw that I see on this team is the snaps. If we get the snaps figured out, if Caleb Warren gets healthy, because the offense looks a ton better if Caleb Warren's in the game. Caleb Warren has snapped it off his thigh twice, and that could be disastrous, but we saw the alternative to that. So we'll see what that looks like against Vanderbilt. Um, Eli Acker needs to work on um, more velocity on his snaps. I want to know, according to the depth chart, Reese McIntyre is not playing center. Is he injured? And they're forced to play, basically play a third-string center at center. I, I'm curious about all those questions. And, I mean, that should be pretty interesting, honestly. Hey, we got a cool guest. Stuart Stevens is coming up in the third segment. Stick around for that. Um, he's going to talk about, you know, basically growing up an Ole Miss fan, um, living in the Bellhaven area and watching, walking the games, and how his families um, were all graduates of Ole Miss and how Ole Miss was kind of like a joining bind um, between their family, including he wrote a book called The Last Season and told you how to get that as well. So stay tuned for that. But before we get started, I do want to let you know about Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with cutting edge security technology provided by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why I love it. Uh, probably once a month, I forget to, that my security system is on. I walk in, it goes off. I get a call right then from professional people. It's like, yes, I'm Stephen Willis. Here's my safety word, you know, and here's my password. And yes, I know I'm an idiot. And and that's that's how it works. We That lets me know that if somebody else tried to come in, they would handle it. They're doing their job. Because if they always get me about once a month, you know they will be able to get them as well. So this is what I want you to do. Customize the perfect system for your home in a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. 
All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including iTunes and Spotify. Leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say. Just make sure it's a five-star review. So if you search Locked On or Ole Miss podcast, we come up on the Google machine. That's what it's for. So please leave a five-star review. Thank you very much for that. All right. Now, one thing that people need to understand when we're talking about the keys to this game, this is not last year's Vandy. This is not the year before Vandy. This is not the year before Vandy. This is a new Vandy. Now, I'm not saying Vandy's good, but they're trending that way. Clark Lee's doing a heck of a job up on um, up in Nashville. And you see it. They've got a true freshman, I think, um, or a freshman. Let me see what he is real quick. This is going to be fantastic pod. Um, it doesn't say. But A.J. Swan is the quarterback. He's a young guy. Um, he is starting right now. He took over at Northern Illinois. He's got six touchdowns, no interceptions. He's completing 60% of his passes. He's not much of a run threat like Mike Wright would be. But he's a good, accurate passer, and they moves the sticks. Now, anytime a quarterback faces our defense for the first time, they struggle. You had Will Levis, which was a first-round pick, right? Everybody says that. He's a great NFL talent. Threw for 200 yards and he was not able to go down the field, had to dink and dunk all day, and basically 80 of his yards came on wide receiver screens. So there was a chance he would have 16 completions for like 100 yards. So we're talking about not throwing the ball very deep, and that is because the windows in this defense are a little bit smaller. Everything's a little bit smaller. It can freak a quarterback out if they haven't seen it before. It happened to Matt Corral. It's happened to numerous other quarterbacks over the years. This this three-safety system kind of constricts the passing lanes and you have to adjust to it. Now, running the ball, they have a guy named Ramon Davis. He's got 80 carries, 400 yards. He's running for about five yards a carry. He's got six touchdowns, uh, no, seven touchdowns all, all purpose, two receiving and five, what, five touchdowns is what he has. This stat thing is wonky. Three rushing touchdowns, two receiving touchdowns. So he is a weapon on their offense. So they're going to try and basically replicate what Kentucky did. They're going to try and play murder ball. And I've explained, murder ball is essentially what Alabama did prior to Lane Kiffin getting there. Whenever they had Mark Mark Ingram and Trent Richardson and those guys, where you turn around and hand the ball off to them 25 times a game, they know you can't tackle them for short short of four four yards in the beginning, and they also know that later in the game they're going to bust one. So they end up with 230 yards rushing, beat you 27 to nothing, and it feels like they beat you 65 to nothing. That is what murder ball is at its core. It's joyless. It's just robotic. It's everything that Alabama was known for. This is swept college football and is the way to attack the three-safety defense, the 3-2-6. So that's the reason I bring that up. And Kentucky was the first team that tried to do it that just couldn't do it. They couldn't run the ball enough. Um, The passing lanes were shut down enough. Now, to put this in perspective, that Kentucky game was the carbon copy of the Alabama game last year, minus them being able to run the ball. Last year, if you remember correctly, Brian Robinson had like 25 carries, 180 yards, and four touchdowns. If you take that down to 18 carries for 72 yards – all of a sudden, you can see the difference a little bit. Instead of 42 points, they're scoring 19. 
Because the pass defense, believe it or not, they held Bryce Young to like 180 yards last year, I think. Even picked him off. It's difficult to go against this defense, especially for the first time. So Vandy, I think, is going to try to replicate murder ball, not because of anything strategically. It's just what they're going to have to do at the moment. They have a receiver that's pretty good at the moment. They've got, let's see, Will Shepard has 26 catches, 365 yards, seven touchdowns. He's a weapon on the outside. Um, They also have another one. Jade McGowan's got 22 catches. So you see them spreading it out a little bit. Like I said, this is a different Vandy team than you are used to seeing. So understand that. Understand that this team is good. Not necessarily good, but better. Like everybody puts them on the list and they rank the top 14 teams, they automatically feel Vanderbilt in at the bottom. Vanderbilt does not belong at the bottom. They are not Missouri. They are not Auburn. They're just not. They're going to win a conference game this year. So understand that when it comes to the Vanderbilt Commodores. Now, the key that I want to say is no letdown against Vanderbilt. We just played an extremely emotional game, had a stripe out the whole nine yards, 11 o'clock. Everybody talked about how great the atmosphere was. Everybody is going to pat the team on the back this week. It's just the way it's going to work. They're going to pat him on the back. They're going to say, hey, good job. You're amazing. Top 10 team. Woohoo!" And it could get in their heads a little bit. Now, the benefit that I've seen over the last 48 hours is the media has taken the tune that Kentucky lost this game. It wasn't that Ole Miss won the game. It was that Kentucky lost the game. And I think that is absolutely perfect. And that is absolutely what we want. Because what we're wanting to develop is an Ole Miss versus the world mentality. And this is a good way to do it. Although Ole Miss is ninth in the country, but they have a chance to do something fairly special. Above them is Oklahoma State, um, Tennessee. Several decent teams are in that like five to nine range. But there's going to be an opportunity for the team to move up over the next couple of weeks. It's at the point where if Ole Miss wins out, now I'm not saying they're going to the playoff, but if Ole Miss wins out, they're going to the playoff. It, that is the type of position it is. So everybody giving Kentucky credit for throwing the game away, whatever you want to put, whatever you want to do, understand that that helps Ole Miss out. Don't get mad at it. Everybody wants credit. Do not get mad at that because mentally you have a chance to do something fairly special. Over the next couple of weeks, you got at Nashville, Vanderbilt. You play Auburn at home, 11 o'clock kickoff on ESPN. You've got um, LSU and Tiger Stadium, and you've got Texas A&M and College Station. Those are the next four games. And you have a chance to really make some hay. If you look look at the who, are, who all is out there, you have to – perform. You have to do what needs to be done. You have to take care of the football. All of that stuff is true. And you actually have to go out and do it. But there's nobody on this schedule that you go, well, that's an L. Almost can't beat them. And there's a there's a few teams on the things like Ole Miss can lose to. So we need to get the snaps right, as we said in the first segment. We need to not let down against Vanderbilt. 
those are the two keys for this game. Because athlete-wise, we have superior athletes to Vanderbilt. Could Vanderbilt jump up and get us? Yes, this is a better Vanderbilt team than they've had in the past. They're getting better. Clark Lee is doing a heck of a job. Barton Simmons is doing a heck of a job. But if everything goes all right, Ole Miss should win this game. But you're going to see a different team than you saw last year in Oxford. This Vandy team is going to be more organized. They're going to be better. You're going to see a more consistent, lower-level SEC team look to them. This isn't a team that would go to Northern Illinois and lose like they would in the past at times. This is a team that has a chance to win four or five games this year. And if they do, they probably are going to have a parade on West End in Nashville, honestly, because that would be absolutely phenomenal. Anyway, when we come back, we are going to have Stuart Stevens on to talk a little bit about his experience with Ole Miss football over the years. Um, but first, if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're really depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor, ready, delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite, Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. They have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. It's Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. They're only 160 calories and have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com and snag a box for you or a family. It'll be the perfect treat or you can find a really good hiding place and just store them there. So go to Built.com. Use promo code, listen, LOCKEDON15, all one word, LOCKEDON15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKEDON15, all one word, for 15% off at Built.com. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do me a favor and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications of new videos whenever they go up, which happen quite frequently. And, of course, comment and upvote the video itself. Participate in the conversation. This channel is all about commentary and perspectives. And we're going to add another perspective into the Ole Miss thing. Stuart Stevens um, is joining the show. He's done a little bit of political work over the years, but we're not going to get in the weeds on that. But how are you doing, Stuart? I'm doing great, man. It's great to be here. Thanks for asking me to the party. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, especially in a good year like Ole Miss is having. I think they're 16-3 and three over the last two years. I mean, that's, for lack of a better word, that's Vought-esque in Ole Miss circles. Um, so we're kind of living a little good period of Ole Miss football, don't you think? Yeah, you know, I think the golden age of sports is the first time uh, you become uh, interested in a team and follow it. And the golden age of uh, Ole Miss football for me is that 62 era, you know, the vault era. Um, that's when I was a kid growing up in Jackson. And my dad and I used to uh, walk to the games that were in Memorial Stadium um, from our house over in Belhaven. Um, and those were those were the gods of mine, you know. Those those uh, that that team and those uh, incredible run they had. So it's it's wonderful to see um, Ole Miss on this kind of streak. Uh, it's 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 great for Oxford. It's great for the whole state, um, and for the various. Uh, 
fan base spread around the country makes us feel better every day waking up. Okay, if you were in Bellhaven and at that time period you were Ole Miss football, I've got a question for you. Did you attend the Jackson Massacre? No, what was the Jackson Massacre? I don't even know what it is. Uh, 1969, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Archie Manning. Oh, you know, I did go to that game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I didn't know that's how it was referred to. Uh, Mm. But I graduated uh, in 70 uh, from Murrah. And, um, you know, that's uh, Archie was in those uh, all-star games that they would have um, at the end of the year. Um, So, you know, he was sort of a legend before he went to Ole Miss. Yeah, um, I saw one highlight of him in high school. I think he wore like number 14 and all that and him running around on his Book of Manning documentary. That was really cool. That's a great show. Mm -hmm. I love that thing. And, you know, people – in my opinion, before we get into this season and what's going on, my opinion, the fact that Jackson was there and we got the ability to go there, part of my love for Ole Miss stemmed from the fact that I just had to go up 49 for 15 minutes. You know, right. the immaculate deflection and all that, that that was my childhood era. Uh, but the stadium being in Jackson and being as big as it was, I think that was at the detriment of Vault Hemingway Stadium and even Scott Field to some ex- uh, extent. Mm-hmm. Because so many of the big games were played in that stadium, and then all of a sudden you look up in Oxford and Starkville, and the capacity is like 30,000, 30, and right. there was really no need to expand it. Yeah, I've never really understood how that, you would know this, how that shift came. Um where they were going to hold all the games in Oxford instead of uh, Memorial Stadium. Um, but the feel of the games in Oxford now uh, is, is different. I mean, I think it's great for the community and, and great to have it there, you know, right in the hometown. All right, let's look back at the game against Kentucky this weekend. Ole Miss was able to pull off a 22-19 to win and really – at times looked fairly dominant in the game. And it didn't go and it got a little bit close in the second half and the offense kind of sputtered. But what do you think about the overall situation in that game and that win in particular? Well, listen, brother, I just kept uh, hanging on to my Stephen Willis prediction that they were going to win by three, I think. So, uh, you know, I figured, like, you, you've been right all year, so why be wrong now? You gave me a lot of, <laughs> a lot of confidence going in that last quarter. Um, look, I... I this is a, a terrific team, I think. Um, I find it incredible uh, that a 19-year-old quarterback is performing at this kind of level on this stage. That, to me, was the big story out of uh, you know the first four games. Uh, I guess he started in, uh, or really the full time on the third game, or was it, the, I guess, the third game, the fourth game. Um, just the confidence that he had. Um, and his ability, he's just such a good athlete. You know, his ability to run and uh, just sort of, you could see the players respond to him. And man, I mean, to have a, a kid that young with uh, some good years ahead of him, uh, if he stays healthy, I, I think it's tremendous for Ole Miss. Yeah, it, it, he's the first Gatorade National Player of the Year that has ever attended Ole Miss. And he, there's yeah. some throws and some plays where he absolutely flashes that ability. And whenever he becomes that completed project, it could be quite interesting to see, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, you've talked about this, uh, and I found it really interesting. Um, 
but how the entire game has changed, what it must be like to take, what is half the team is transfers now or something? Mm. Some, um, it's it's or about 40 players or something, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just, uh, as a feat of sort of team building and coaching, that just seems to me to be such a high difficulty to bring all these kids together from different systems, um, to buy into your system, to buy into each other and really perform as a team. Um, man, I, I just think it's a very different job um, than what coaching traditionally has been. And, you know, Giffen seems to do it well. There's something mm -hmm. about his nature that, and manner that seems to respond, that kids seem to respond to and equate with. Um, you know, I think it's a balance between trying to seem cool like these kids when I look at these you know posts that he puts up but still be the guy who's looked up to his coach you know it's not like you're trying to be just a cool dad who wants to just be accepted and he seems to have that sweet spot he you know he seems very comfortable in himself now and I think that reads uh, to the team and the players um, and the fans yeah I think that's the underrated thing like um, I'm 46 years old now um, but once you hit about 42 or 43 years old, there's just a switch that flips and yeah. you automatically become comfortable in your own skin and you quit trying to be something that you're not. And life just seems to become so much easier at that point. Yeah, I listen, I look back to, you know, the 20s and well, first I'm most grateful that there wasn't Facebook or anything that preserved those moments. <laughs> right. around. Um, but uh, I, I agree. I think you hit a certain level where um you can kind of see things around the corner better and put things in perspective better. Um, you know, it's a fascinating year of the way he reassembled the uh, offensive and defensive coordinators. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I thought Jordan did a great job last year, but then you look at A&M, not so great. You don't know how much was this was uh, coming from Giffen himself and the kind of system that he was able to uh, put together and make them work in. Um, it's impressive. I had my doubts with uh, two new uh, big uh, offensive and defensive coordinator positions being filled, but I don't know, man. They, yeah. uh, they seem, to be, seem to be doing what it takes. Yeah, and the thing that Ole Miss fans should take from this game is the fact that even though they didn't play particularly well offensively, they just won a top 10 game. That shows you how talented this team is. Yeah, I, the quality of athletes out there um, from, you know, the aggression and the speed, um, man, seeing that defense, like getting that safety and the way that they were up and at that, uh, quarterback who was, you know, what they say, he may go first in the draft, second in the draft, obviously a huge talent. Um, it was great. And it was great to see the crowd in the game, the way it was. Hmm. And I, I really think it probably made a difference there at the end. Yeah, I was skeptical of the whole stripe out thing. I didn't, if you know, right. you've been an Ole Miss fan for years. You know it's difficult to get all of them to do one thing at yes. one time. So whenever you put them stripe, you just have you're just going to have to be skeptical about it. But it looked fairly good. Now there was about 14 shades of blue, but blue <laughs> is blue. We'll take that. That's close enough. But um, the red looked really good, and and the atmosphere really came off. Now, you wrote a book a couple years back. Um, about family and Ole Miss and all that. Yep. Why, why don't you do a little bit and talk about that? Well, you know, when I was growing up, uh, Stephen, one of the ways that my dad and I really bonded was through Ole Miss football. 
Uh, he had gone to Ole Miss. My mom had gone to Ole Miss. My granddad had gone to Ole Miss um, and grew up there, like I was saying, in Belhaven, where we could walk to a lot of the games at Memorial Stadium. And my parents were big party givers, so they'd always have these uh, parties before these games in Jackson. I can remember that growing up as a kid. Kentucky was always a big game. Arkansas, you know, they'd always do some like hog roast. Um, and it was a way that, uh, you know, you could communicate and spend time with uh, my dad without talking about anything, but talking about everything at the same time. Um, and you know, in 19, oh, 2013, my dad had just turned 95 um, and I had just turned 60 and I had just been involved in the Romney campaign uh, in 2012. And if you hadn't heard, we lost. Um, so, you know, I was really at that point kind of thinking like, what is this all about? And um, what, asking myself a lot of questions. I've been involved in big campaigns that you won and I found that you didn't really question much, but losing does make you question. So um, I had this idea that my dad and I and my mother, which gave it a kind of driving Miss Daisy quality, um, were gonna go to all the Ole Miss games. And uh, I didn't originally start out uh, thinking it was a book, but as I did it, it you know, I'd written other books that it just seemed like a great story to tell. So that's what we did. We spent the 2013 season going to all the Ole Miss games. And, you know, that season, they had that long stretch of home games. Um, so we sort of set up residence at the end at Ole Miss, um, which was great for them. They were like back being students, you know. Um, and it was a wonderful time to uh, really get to spend a lot of time with both my parents. Um, you know, they, they had both of them were gone now, but they had great runs. They lasted, you know, almost to 98. Um, can't ask for anything more. And it was, uh, you know, I, I, Ole Miss, the story of Ole Miss, I, I think, is such a powerful one. I mean, it's probably the most southern university in the most southern state. And when you just think about the societal changes from, you know, the post-Kentucky game in 1962, the riot at Ole Miss, to today walking through uh, the, the Walk of Champions uh, with that you know diverse team that looks a lot more like Mississippi, uh, a crowd that looks a lot more like Mississippi. I actually, you know, being there and seeing it back in 2000, I found it very moving. It was a very positive statement about change and. You know, say what you will about, you know, I mean, Ole Miss is first place to say they're not perfect, but I, I really think that the school deserves a lot of credit for asking themselves a lot of hard questions, going through that period that they went through of, you know, dealing with the Ole Miss rebel and the Confederate um, iconography. Uh, that's a hard thing to do. Um, and to, to get through that uh, and keep a fan base and really bring the, keep the school together um, I, I admire it a lot. Um, and it, it's just something about if you're lucky enough to be able to connect with a, a child or a parent over something like sports, I think it really becomes a, a lifelong uh, connection. I mean, you know, I later I went on to college. I didn't go to Ole Miss. I went on to college later. And I lived mostly outside of Mississippi. But I don't think there were many Ole Miss games that my dad and I weren't talking all through the game. Um, in fact, you know, I miss my dad every day, but I really miss him the most of these days, particularly when Ole Miss has a great game. Uh, it just seems so weird not to be able to share it with him. Mm. Yeah, I, I do the same thing. My dad has seen, he's, he's gotten up to the point where he's in his mid-70s. 
Uh, but we're still, like after the Kentucky game, I got the text message from my dad that said Lane Kiffin lucked out. And I was like, okay, Bob, you know. Uh, just Yeah, just the way it is, like, okay, Bob. And, um, but it's, it's really cool. What, what is the name of the book for anybody that's watching this that might want to go try and find it? Yeah, it's called The Last Season, uh, A Father, A Son, and a Lifetime of College Football. Uh, published 2014, I guess, by Knopf. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, and I'm hopefully I'll have a copy of that here pretty quick. Um, so I'm pretty fired up about that. But, Stuart, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I do want to let everybody know they can get more on the SEC by making Locked On SEC your second listen. Everyday host Chris Gordy and his local experts of Locked On take you across the SEC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On SEC your second listen. Listen every day. Locked on SEC. Stuart, good time, big time pleasure. Hopefully we can do this again soon. Listen, Stephen, I love you, man, and I actually do listen to you first thing. So uh, I'm right there in that sweet spot. Love what you're doing, man. Keep it up. All right. Appreciate it, man. I'll talk to you later.